Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Welcome to Find Your Hum. I'm Kirsty, your host, and this is episode 35. In this week's episode, I'm going to be chatting all things food intolerances. I see so much of this in my practice, whether clients are coming to see me for gut health or hormone health, or actually really any sticking points with their health, I would see food intolerances playing a role in the majority of them. And that is because our gut health really does underpin our total health and well-being in general. There is a growing number of people with food intolerances, and I know there are skeptics out there that believe a lot of people are doing the whole gluten-free thing because it is trendy or maybe even seen as healthier. Now, this may be the case for a few people, but for those I see, it has nothing to do with being trendy. It literally is a case of removing some of those offending foods, and yes, more often than not, gluten is included in this, healing the damage that they have caused, the foods have caused, that is, not the person, and them finding a new level of joy. They literally can begin to find their hum. They are more energetic and they are moving towards a healthier version of themselves. Now, I want to remind you that the information that I give in this episode is for education only. This is not to treat or diagnose any condition you have. If you would like personalized information on your health, please get in contact with a qualified health practitioner. I have a great little service where you can chat with me in a 20-minute free mini consultation if you would like to dive in more for your health, and I'll put the link for that in the show notes. Personally, I have battled with a lot of different food intolerances over the past eight or so years. Yep, you heard right, different ones. Because our body is not a fixed object. It is always responding to our inner and outer environments. At one stage, I was reacting to a lot. My body was so inflamed. Now though, there is so much more I can enjoy. And honestly, that extends beyond the food. Like many of my clients experience, my life is so much richer, so much more fulfilling now that my health is in a better spot. Food intolerances are also the missing piece to many being able to truly heal. Having an undiagnosed or untreated food intolerance can continue to cause inflammation in the body. As long as the body is in a heightened state of inflammation, healing will always be hampered. Now, for anyone who has a food intolerance or a food allergy, you will know that they really can get in the way of day-to-day life, especially when those intolerances or allergies are relatively new. Whilst we are going to be focusing on food intolerances for this episode, I think it's important to discuss or to distinguish the difference between an intolerance and an allergy. And there really is a distinct difference between what is a food intolerance and what is a food allergy. The food allergy occurs when the immune system amounts an attack on the food that you eat. A food intolerance is a chemical reaction to the food that you eat. 
The difference really is in the immune system's involvement. A food intolerance will never cause a severe allergic reaction like anaphylaxis. But food allergies don't always necessarily result in reactions as severe as anaphylaxis either. You will find with an allergy, a particular kind of antibody known as IgE is produced by the immune system when it detects a certain food. These are generally easy to identify as the body reacts pretty quickly and pretty strongly. So think like the itching, burning, swelling around the mouth, swelling of the face or eyes, um, hives, rashes, breathing difficulties, even things like vomiting and diarrhea. Another key difference is that food intolerances are not always permanent. They often can be treated by healing the gut. Food intolerances are often a little trickier to identify. The symptoms of food intolerances can often seem vague, especially at the beginning or as your food intolerance might be starting. The reactions don't necessarily occur immediately after eating. In fact, they're often two to three hours after eating, up to three days. Yep, three days, which is why they are often hard to pinpoint. Symptoms of food intolerances are really highly variable between people too. You could be experiencing anything from digestive symptoms like bloating, wind, constipation, diarrhea, nausea. You could also be getting things like fatigue, brain fog, difficulty focusing, headaches, migraines. Skin reactions are also um, a good one for food intolerances, things like eczema, rosacea, just some general itchiness. Sinus and respiratory symptoms are pretty common as well, things like um, wheezing or a higher level of mucus production. Even seasonal allergies can be heightened with food intolerances. So if you're experiencing any of these symptoms and you have tried to make a real effort to eat healthier but still not feeling your best, or you might even suspect that you're having reactions to certain foods, you may want to explore the possibility that you could have one or even more food intolerances. Some of the most common food intolerances include dairy, gluten, eggs, FODMAPs, which are a group of carbohydrates found in food, wine, and more so red wine, chocolate. I know, you don't even need to say anything else to that. It's like, oh, could you imagine having a food intolerance to chocolate? It would be so sad. Food enhancers such as uh, MSG and different additives histamine and other amines that are found in foods like salicylates. Now these are naturally occurring in foods which is why when some people eat healthier their reactions can increase. And also strawberries, citrus and tomatoes are also pretty big causes of intolerances. So let me break them down a little more so you can see why the body might be reacting to these certain foods. Dairy. This can be from an intolerance of either the lactose or a casein. Now, lactose is sugar found in milk. It stems from deficiency in the enzyme lactase. The body uses lactase to break down the sugar. So if you don't have this enzyme, then you aren't able to metabolize the sugar found in milk. The intolerance reaction here is generally located in the digestive system, so diarrhea, bloating, gas, and cramping. Casein is the protein found in cow's dairy. It is often why some people can tolerate A2 milk or goat's dairy over cow's dairy. Gluten. So this is the, always the big one. Gluten is the protein that is found in some grains, wheat, barley and rye mainly. And this one is a biggie. And I must reiterate, it is different from celiac disease. 
Often, if you have an intolerance to gluten, it's termed non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And it definitely gets a bad rap from being a fad. But there is research out there that shows this is a real condition and affects up to 6% of the population. This is one intolerance where symptoms can be vague and varied. It could be digestive symptoms as well as fatigue, a general lowering of mood motivation, the skin reactions, the respiratory symptoms. All of this could be from a gluten intolerance. Eggs. Now, this is mainly the whites of eggs as they contain the highest level of protein. So much like a dairy and gluten, this is what the body is reacting to. Again, we get that digestive symptoms, but this one is also a lot to do with the brain fog and fatigue if you're having an intolerance to eggs. FODMAPs. Now, these guys definitely get a bad rap when we're talking about digestive symptoms. They are a group of carbs that are not fully digestible by the body because our gut bacteria actually likes to ferment them, providing a food source for our microbes. This is a good thing, but it does become problematic when we have an overgrowth of gut bacteria in the wrong place, like it's in our small intestine instead of our large intestine. And this leads to a number of digestive symptoms. And it could also be fatigue, fogginess, and skin reactions. So if, again, you're having any of these symptoms, quite possible that you should be looking at maybe reacting to FODMAPs. Histamine, whilst it doesn't affect a lot of people, generally around 1% of the population, its effects on the body can be super wide-reaching. If you have reactions to histamine, on average, you will have 11 different symptoms. Yep, 11, and that's just average. Now, histamine is naturally released in the body by our immune system. It's super helpful for letting the body deal with inflammation. It's also found in food, particularly aged, fermented, and processed food. When we have intestinal inflammation, this causes a buildup of our natural histamine, hence why the body then can't tolerate histamine foods. If you have a histamine intolerance, you may be experiencing digestive symptoms, brain fog and fatigue, but also joint pain, rashes, flushing, nasal congestion, heart palpitations, and for females, it could also be the cause of your bad period pain or endometriosis. With regards to the other foods, wine, chocolate, strawberries, citrus, and tomatoes, these are a bit of a mix between histamine and FODMAPs. The body is reacting to certain compounds found in the foods that it should really be able to deal with. As you can see, there is a lot of quote-unquote healthy foods in that list of things that can cause food intolerances. Foods which the body is meant to easily digest. For most people, eating these won't cause any issues. So if you're reacting to these foods, it is your body's way of showing you that something isn't right. Please don't ignore the symptoms. Don't ignore what your body is trying to tell you. Look for the underlying cause and help the body out by addressing that. As all of our food heads straight into our digestive system, it makes sense that the cause of most of our food intolerances start here. But of course, it's not that simple. There are a range of issues within the gut that could be the cause of your intolerance. Finding out what it is and healing it is your best chance of being able to enjoy food again. So what could be those causes? Well, first up, it could be an enzyme deficiency, like in the case of lactose intolerance. The body produces so many different enzymes, which allows the body to break down our food so that we can metabolize it and use it. 
If you can't break down a particular food effectively, your body knows that and will begin to start reacting to it. The immune system has a big role to play as well. The bulk of our immune system is found on the outside of our intestines. When we have intestinal permeability or leaky gut, this can cause the immune system to upregulate and view the particles of food, usually proteins that leak through the wall of our intestines as invaders. As with any invaders, our immune system response is to launch an attack which starts with an inflammatory response and hence leads to a wide range of reactions that you can experience in the body. Now this, I must reiterate, is different from a food allergy which happens immediately. I did dive a lot deeper into the immune response through intolerances in an episode I did titled The Link Between Eczema, the Immune System and Leaky Gut. So if you want more of a thorough explanation, please head back and listen to that episode. Another growing cause of food intolerances is an imbalance in the gut microbiome or our gut bacteria being in the wrong place. It is a very common driver for intolerances to things like FODMAPs and those other compounds found in food that we should be able to tolerate and digest. The thing with food intolerances is that they can be changeable. How we react and when we react is totally dependent on what else is going on in the gut and in the body at the time. Intolerances are so individual. Anything from genetics to lifestyle to gut microbiome can affect the way that your body handles food. Treating food intolerances really does involve finding out what those trigger foods are and what is causing your body to react to them. For some, this is super simple. For others, it is more complex. Healing the causes allows you to slowly reintroduce the offending foods with closely monitoring the symptoms along the way. This is where it becomes tricky for those beginning to navigate food choices when they are newly diagnosed with a food intolerance. As someone who has had to navigate a whole list of different food intolerances at one stage, food stopped being something I enjoyed and almost started dreading. It also took some of the enjoyment out of sharing moments with family and friends over meals. It is also where working with someone to help you navigate this is super helpful. Rather than just being provided with a list of foods you can't eat, please find someone who can help you with swaps, who can suggest new and different ways of eating for you, who can give you the tricks to use when you are out with family and friends. Because avoiding these foods that cause inflammation really is the foundation to healing. In fact, getting the inflammation down in the gut altogether is necessary to get your gut back to its healthiest. And, of course, to get you back to your healthiest. To find your trigger foods, if they are not obvious, will involve an elimination diet of some sort. There are many different ones that you can do. Paleo, low FODMAP, low histamine, biphasic, autoimmune paleo are just some examples. A trained health practitioner will be able to direct you to the best one given your symptoms. These are a process of trial and error. You really do need to continue to listen to what feedback your body is giving you. I often get asked about food sensitivity tests as well. Personally, I've undertaken a couple. They were helpful, but I wouldn't say completely necessary. They are also quite expensive. They can absolutely identify trigger foods but they can also cause anxiety when a rather long list comes back. The food they do identify, often the common trigger foods as I've identified above, 
which would be part of an elimination diet anyway. And they don't pick up on histamine or FODMAPs. So you could take out the foods that appeared on the list, but you still could be reacting to foods with histamine and FODMAPs in them. I find food sensitivity tests work best when after doing an elimination diet, you still can't find the answers that you're looking for. If your intolerance is through a lack of digestive enzymes, then supplementing these may be helpful. Again, to pick the enzyme that may be causing you the trouble, please speak with a health practitioner. You may need alpha-galactosidase for FODMAPs, lactase for lactose intolerance, or DAO for histamine. Then there is also the good old probiotics. Now, strain and strength is important here. Depending on what bacteria is under or overgrown will depend on what you need to supplement with. You'll often find initially that high doses of these are needed to gain benefits. And just before I finish up, I really want to circle back to navigating food intolerances when you are also trying to live your life. As I said, over the years, I have navigated many different food intolerances and still today work with a gluten and dairy intolerance. I have also undertaken many, many different therapeutic diets. Both of these have meant that there have been times when I was confronted with juggling, putting my own health first and making others feel comfortable and making it easy for them. Because it is a juggle. Picking places to eat, going to someone's house for dinner, heading out on dates. And because I don't like to be a burden or put anyone out, I would take all of this on. At times, I just wouldn't go. But then I decided to own it. Own that I wasn't at my best and that I was doing something about it. When we had catered for work meetings, I would bring my own lunch. Sure, there were questions, but I just answered them. It's like at the moment, I can't eat that stuff. This way, I didn't have the stress because it is a stress of having to worry if there is going to be anything for me to eat. And if I did eat, was it going to cause a reaction? I also did this when I went to family and friends' houses. I would check beforehand what is being served and work in and around it, often bringing something along that I had made but also made me feel included. Dates were definitely a little different. It was hard not to feel high maintenance. So I just asked if my date minded if I chose where we ate or I picked dates that didn't involve food. This side of healing your food intolerance is just as important as the physical. More often than not, the reason you have leaky gut or an imbalanced microbiome is due to some sort of stress in your life. If you head into healing your food intolerances stressed about what you can and can't eat, if you are stressing about if there is going to be food you can eat when you go out, if you start to say no to social events, all of this will add to that stress load please make sure that you are also addressing this when healing your food intolerances. It has absolutely worked for me. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it.